0: Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help you think, learn and grow and hopefully smile and laugh on the way too. My aim here is to break down your barriers to taking action and provide you with evidence-based diet and exercise information in a fun and interesting way. I hope I nail that and I hope you enjoy. If at any point you are enjoying this and you think, great to work with Emma, you can head to esgfitness.co.uk to find out more information. Without further ado, because I hate long introductions, here is this episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I've been thinking a lot about how as personal trainers, we have this huge ability to help, but we also have an ability to cause harm. And sometimes, and I hope most of the time, this is completely unintentional. There are some not so good personal trainers who are either completely naive to their potential impact or simply don't care. And some care so much that they end up limiting the amount of people that they can help just so they don't cause harm to some people because they're so worried about that and over the last week yeah this last week I've had the absolute pleasure of listening to Joe O'Brien who is a psychologist who specializes in our behaviors around food. He delivered a webinar for us for the EIQ graduate program and that means he did an amazing presentation but it also means that Melee and I get the chance to have him on a podcast and kind of delve further into the topics that he covered essentially and if you're not on EIQ then unfortunately you can't listen to that but if you're not on on EIQ and you are a personal trainer you really should be. We have grown EIQ a lot over the last year and we now have genuine world leaders On the topics that you most need to know about and we have them come on and present and deliver and then also we get this opportunity like i said to have them on the podcast to talk about the topics and delve into them a little bit more and the whole point in eIQ is that it's a platform or an education course essentially that allows you to support your clients in the absolute best way possible with expertise all in one place and all for less than hundred pounds a month once you finish the core course, which is a phenomenal resource, and if you're a personal trainer, it is an absolute must in my opinion. Probably the best CPD. In fact, I don't know any better CPD that you'll find in the industry because if I did, I'd already be on the course. Anyway, secondly, I, so I had the pleasure of talking to Joe. This is not the point of the podcast. I've sidetracked myself. I spoke. To, I spoke to Joe. Right And and I also, this week, got to speak to Helen West from The Rooted Project, who some of you may know as the co-author of the book Is Butter A Carb, which is an incredible book to decipher dieting. And you can listen to the episode where I spoke to Helen, I, as if it's just my podcast, but we, <laughs> Mike, Dan and I, spoke to Helen on the Fitness Filters podcast. I will link that in the show notes. And... One thing that Helen mentioned was the huge list. In fact, was that on the podcast or not? Anyway, she was talking about this huge waiting list that we have for treatment for eating disorders. And it's up to two years in some places before you can get treatment. And I was also talking to her after about how as personal trainers, well, in her words, as personal trainers, we often see things almost as they're developing like we're we're kind of like a first port of call a lot of the time and that means that we are in an incredible position to avoid things getting worse and prevention is always better than a cure. So it got me thinking this week about that potential harm that we can do but also the potential good that we can do and the problem I see when people talk about the dangers of dieting is that they often say that without then offering a solution. Like, if if dieting is dangerous, is the answer just not to diet at all? And I don't think that's the case. I think, okay, how do we mitigate these dangers and how do we make it safer? Because if you look at it, like, driving is extremely dangerous. Does that mean that nobody should ever drive? No, probably not. But does that mean that we should put in place things like seat belts and speed limits and one-way systems and try and make things as safe as possible. Yeah. So in that, in that wavelength, how do we make dieting safer? And something that came up as a fundamental in the chats with both Helen and Joe and actually Rachel Hobbs as well, is that it isn't so much the behaviour or the action that is inherently disordered or po- problematic or negative. It's the reason that you're doing it. It's the intent behind the behaviour or the action. So going to the gym every single morning isn't actually disordered if you're choosing to do it because you want to do it and if you're flexible enough to be able to miss a workout without freaking out. Skipping a meal with friends isn't disordered if you simply don't want to go and maybe you're like, I need some time alone to recharge my batteries a little bit. That's fine. That's not disordered. But if you're skipping that meal because you're worried about the calories in the meal and that you won't be able to track it perfectly, that probably is becoming disordered. Now, only you as an individual can know that. And sometimes the line becomes a little bit blurred and you can convince yourself that you're not going out with your friends because actually you just don't really like going out for meals or, or you want some more time alone. But actually the, the real reason behind that. If you're honest with yourself and if you do the work and if you journal about it and if you talk to people about it and you kind of figure out what's going on in your own head, there is an underlying reason behind it that might be to do with having less control around food. Even things like avoiding certain foods because you've chosen to, that isn't disordered. But doing it because you feel that you have to, that's when things start to become disordered. So it's not the action that is the problem. It's how you think about that action. And there are some pretty negative side effects that can come from dieting. Like the extreme end is obviously eating disorders. But also, like when I say quote unquote just, it's not just, but a a poor relationship with food. Constantly worrying about calories. Like stressing about missed gym sessions and being anxious and beating yourself up and trying to bully yourself throughout your life into changing. That never works. And it makes the whole process unenjoyable. And that process is your life. And as much, I think a lot of the, how do I articulate this? I think an, an interesting point was that I just had to catch myself out on saying just a poor relationship with food. Which actually is so impactful to so many areas of your life. Even just the amount that you think about calories or you think about food or you beat yourself up about going over your calories or eating a certain thing. It might not be diagnosed as an eating disorder, but if it's negatively impacting your life, that's something that we need to work on. And so much of this, as I've said, is about the intent behind actions or the reason for quote unquote dieting. If you're thinking like I deserve to feel my best and that means fueling my body to thrive, not just to survive, not over restriction, but also not over indulgence either. Like fueling my body with the energy it requires, but not over fueling it. And it's cheesy, but I really think that (laughs) the saying I get to rather than I have to really changed my life, like reminding myself of that every day with, you know, in all areas of your life, not just around diet, not just around food, not just around exercise. But actually I get to do these things, completely changes your outlook. And this is a really important concept and it's key to how we can help people lose weight without causing harm. How you approach dieting matters. Start zooming out and thinking bigger not just your immediate quote-unquote results, i.e. weight loss. But think about the bigger picture here. Quick fix weight loss that comes from over-restriction is a lot like a payday loan. You're going to have to pay that money back plus interest. Much like when you go for quick fix fat loss, the likelihood is you put that weight back on and then some. And it's not just the weight that you put back on, but it's the impact of that mentally. It's you telling yourself that you failed another time. It's the self-esteem kick that you get. Again, it's maybe the cost of that fad diet. It's, It's not just the implications physically, but it is mental as well. And the intent behind your actions matter way more than what we give them credit for. Why are you doing what you're doing? Is it from a place of restraint and self-loathing or is it something that you get to do because you love and respect yourself and your body and you deserve it and actually when you look at the choices in dieting for example investing in a great coach versus investing in a six-week challenge to see how much weight you can lose in six weeks if you're approaching it with the right mindset it makes the choice between those two options much easier to make like you're much more likely to invest in the coach who actually cares about you and your results holistically, not just the weight loss, not just the transformation photo. And it often means you often respect yourself enough and have enough perspective to see that sometimes, in fact, usually the hard things are the things that are going to get you the best results. So often the right path and the path that logically and rationally you know is the right path because it's the path that you would suggest someone else take. If one of your friends was like, oh, I've tried all these six-week uh, cuts before and I've tried this thin fast before and I've tried Weight Watchers and I've tried slashing my calories and I've tried just eating lettuce and there's other ones come along that's just eating cucumber. Like, do you think I should go for that? Or do you think I should invest in someone who actually knows what they're talking about, and really cares about me? And do you know what? They're they're being quite honest. They are saying that weight loss might be a bit slower, but I'll only have to do it once. If I do it right, I'll only have to do it once. Like, which option do you think I should be taking here? You would always give the advice, I would hope, of the good coach. I've gone on a slight tangent here and I want to get back to intent. So I think intent is our key to helping navigate dieting without harm. Many people label certain behaviours as quote-unquote disordered, but I hope that you understand now Like it's not the behaviour that is disordered, it's the intent behind it. And it's the thought process, not the action itself, that is problematic. The same action can be really empowering or really controlling, depending on how you're framing that action. And I think we should stop blaming the absolute things as it's much more complicated than that. Like, it's not the calories on menus that are causing disordered eating. It's not tracking that is causing disordered eating. It's not weighing yourself that is causing disordered eating. It is your relationship to those things. So a prime example, tracking. Tracking doesn't cause disordered eating. Many people track calories and don't exhibit disordered eating tendencies or have any issues with tracking calories. Now, do you need to track calories? No, of course not. People lose weight without tracking calories. People lost weight before we all had iPhones. It is simply a tool. And to be honest, it's a tool I don't recommend long-term simply because there is no need to. And I think that our limited brain space would be better used elsewhere. But the point is, you want to get a place, get to a place where you are choosing not to track it's not something that you feel like you have to do that has a hold over you and again or or on the flip side it's not something you feel like you can't do because that would be a negative for you as well like it's something like oh yeah that's a choice but i'm choosing not to do it mainly because i don't want to not because it's it's going to mean a negative situation for me on either end of the spectrum And again, that's the difference between an empowered choice and something having a hold over you. The same is true for the scales. I don't know what I weigh at the moment. I don't weigh myself. But it's not because the scales scare me or impact me. It's because it doesn't matter to me. So why would I bother recording it? Much like I don't track calories because basically I don't need to. So why would I add more stress to my life that doesn't need to be there? Why would I spend extra time on my phone that I don't need to spend and for the scales like that information what I weigh wouldn't change anything for me so why would I be tracking it and if I had a goal of weight loss then I would weigh myself because again it's a great tool it is one of many markers that is going to give me some indication of whether I'm losing body fat or not again it doesn't tell the full picture but I would use it as part of many other markers I'd be taking to make sure I was moving in the right direction And final example for now, it's much like how chocolate doesn't cause you to binge eat, despite many people claiming it's their quote unquote trigger for binge eating. The solution isn't to avoid chocolate for the rest of your life or to avoid the scales or to avoid tracking for the fear of the impact that it will have on you. The aim is to get to a point where you can choose to include it in your life or not. That is real freedom, and that's an empowered choice. And your mindset around an action is what makes it harmful or disordered or not. For example, you might choose to eat chocolate, or in fact, you might choose not to eat chocolate for the rest of your life. And I don't see that as disordered if it's coming from a place of genuine choice and not because you're scared of eating chocolate. It's not the avoidance of chocolate that is disordered, it's your why. For that action. This is why I find it ridiculous and kind of small-minded and judgmental when people say that tracking calories or eating the same food for lunch or whatever the behavior might be is disordered. You don't know. It may very well be disordered, but that action alone doesn't tell you that. And a judgment, whether it's disordered or not, doesn't help anybody. If someone wants to eat poached eggs for breakfast every single day for the rest of their lives because they absolutely love poached eggs. And do you know what? Maybe they have some chickens in the garden that lay eggs every day. What, like, what an amazing life that sounds like. Who are you to say that is disordered because they're having the same breakfast every day? And it's also none of your business. Now, if that person feels like they have to eat poached eggs every morning And actually, if they don't, they massively stress out about that and they can't stop thinking about the fact that their breakfast was different that day and they're worried that that might mean that they put on fat or whatever it is that is the the negative connotation for them. That might be something, well in fact, that would be something that would be helpful for them to work on because it's clearly impacting their life. Now, if they ask for help, feel free to offer support or to put them in touch with someone who can help them Although I still think judgment is not helpful in any way. I guess what I'm thinking about here is the news article ages ago on Victoria Beckham eating the same lunch every day. Now, in all likelihood is, I mean, I don't know, right? Because I don't know Victoria Beckham, but maybe that is disordered in that situation. But the point is, even if it is, what's our judgment of someone who we don't know Like, is that helpful in the slightest? No, probably not. In fact, it was probably massively unhelpful for that individual. Anyway, getting to the point where you allow yourself true freedom to choose is the end game. And how we experience the world generally is shaped by our mindset, is shaped by our intent behind behaviours. And only you can define if an action or behaviour is disordered for you or not, nobody else can do that, and make sure if it is, or if you're worried that it is, that you communicate that with your coach. Dieting isn't inherently harmful, but your relationship with dieting may very well be, but the point is, it doesn't have to be, and I guess this brings us full circle to what I wanted to talk about, and have gone on many tangents, is that there are dangers to dieting, but that doesn't mean don't do it, that means be aware of them and that means communicate any issues that you have or any thoughts that you think might be negative negative. and this is where again <laughs> I feel like probably the most common thing I say and this is where journaling comes in useful but you know what it is because sometimes we don't actually realise how negative our mindsets are becoming until it becomes a real problem whereas if we're frequently checking in on ourselves and checking up on ourselves and being like oh i'm actually thinking like this or i'm getting really stressed even though you know i normally always go to the gym but that one time i can't go it's really playing on me and i'm thinking about it all day or when i eat something different for breakfast i'm kind of worried all the rest of the day about that or if i don't know the exact calories in something i really really stress out those are kind of things that you want to is it nip in the bud Basically, you want to stop sooner as opposed to letting those things manifest, marinate, I was going to say magnify, that's probably the opposite. Anyway, get worse to the point where they do become really negative in your life and maybe you do end up being on that, hopefully not, but two year waiting list to get treated for an eating disorder. And that is the thing that we want to avoid. So, if you are a coach and you want to make sure that you are minimising harm and that you are aware of these things, then A, go and sign up to EIQ Nutrition, and B, go and listen to the Fitness Unfiltered podcast that we did with Helen West, which was excellent. And if you have a bit of a tough relationship with dieting yourself, let's work on that. Dieting should be making your life better, not worse. And there is a link in the show notes if you are interested in signing up for coaching. Have the best day. Goodbye. Thank you as ever for your time and attention. If you want to talk to me about coaching or if you want to find out more about how to work with me, head over to esgfitness.co.uk. There is also lots of free information on the website and some worksheets, which I hope you will find useful. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. Please tag me in your stories at ESG Fitness or shoot me a message. And if you think you know anyone who would enjoy this episode, why not share it with them? Thanks, guys.